like, farting sound you're making. <laughs> well, John, I'm glad you asked. I recently got a new ASMR toy, and I'd like to share with it. I'd like to share it with you today. Yeah. Got myself a little fidget oh! I just learned about those today at work because someone was playing with one. Yeah, they're pretty silly little guys. Turns out. <laughs> also, not actually related to ASMR, surprisingly enough. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, how, how do you like it, Ian? Well, um, your, your fidget spinner. So you can spin it, and yep. then it just keeps on spinning for a while. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it, right? Like you just spin it. Yeah, that's about it. Um, if you get a thousand spins, then you unlock the bonus level, and that's pretty oh, exciting. Wow. But I would imagine you'd get a thousand spins pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, I've already accrued, like, you know, probably a hundred just now, so. It's still yeah. going. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, it really spins, damn. Yeah, it's got these, like, ball bearings in it or something. And mine is a sort of fun fidget spinner, because it came with a special feature, um, where part of it just pops off. Oh, I, I think that that is true of the one that I, that the guy was playing with at work as well. Oh, I think that's, that's just, like, a feature of all of them. They're just, they're just supposed to have part of it pop off? I, I guess that so. you can see the ball bearings on the inside. Those are pretty exciting, but. So yeah, I would rate this fidget spinner. Um, you know, it's, it's okay. Okay. Like How would it. you compare it to a, a fidget cube? It seems like those have more features. Um. Although I you can't it, spin them. It's sort of like the fox and the hedgehog, John. Um, you know, the, the fox knows many things, but the hedgehog knows one big thing. Uh, the fidget spinner knows one big thing, and that's how to spin. Okay. It's spinning right now. I I can hear it. I can hear it surprisingly well. I'm holding it right up to the mic. <laughs> that makes sense. Oh, does it sound silly if I talk through it? Hello there, John. No, it's not like a fan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they both spin, so... <laughs> oh, it could be like a new type of ASMR. S-M-R it, it seriously ASMR. doesn't do anything to your voice. Your voice sounds exactly the same well, but here's with you, or without the spinner. Here's what you don't understand, John. I was actually talking at a normal volume there. Just completely <laughs> normally. It was just it was just because I was speaking through the fidget spinner, it just sounded sort of ASMR inducing. <laughs> and that's what they um. don't tell you about. <laughs> So, Ian, uh, you may recall, uh, in our last episode, we, um, or, or our last two episodes, really, we've really been trying to get our, our listeners to reach out to us, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With our um, new feature, the Indulgences Corner. Yeah, exactly. So, so two weeks ago, we, um, had tried to get some, some more reviews on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we were effective in that. We did I get we more reviews on iTunes. we were Twitter. Um, we were looking for Twitter. Tweets. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. We, I'm sorry. Um, but we also got another review. So yeah, we, we also got another. We also we doubled our number of reviews, but we did also get. Uh, we also num- doubled our number of uh, of Twitter followers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess um, let, let's start with those. We, uh, last week we uh, had tried to get people to contact us through email, so let's leave that for last. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll start with iTunes. Um, we don't have any any more reviews, unfortunately, uh, but we still have two fantastic reviews. Yeah, and I mean, two reviews, we're getting that? it. I think three more reviews and we'll be set. 
Yeah, two five-star reviews. If we could get to five five-star reviews, that would, that would be amazing. At that point, they'd probably have to, like, mail us something, like a, like a little trophy. I, I would think so. I mean, I, I know YouTube has that uh, golden play button they send you. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I wonder what iTunes sends you. Just like a, a golden, do you want to download the latest version of iTunes <laughs> dialogue? No, they'd probably just send you, like, some sort of legal case. Just saying, like, <laughs> just fuck yourself, you know? <laughs> uh, so so let's uh, take a quick look at Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, we have one notification on Twitter. Oh? Yeah. Minimalist ASMR liked another one of our tweets. Oh my goodness, Minimalist ASMR is, is yeah. really... Yeah, I guess they're a friend of the show. I guess so. I, I do want to watch some more of uh, his videos at some point. I, I did like them from the couple that I watched. And I probably will watch some more. So, uh, thanks to Minimalist ASMR for liking another one of our tweets. And, uh, yeah, keep putting out those videos. Um, so now we're going to take a... Now, now, uh, are, are you ready, Ian? Actually, well, I guess, um... Oh, shit! Sorry, I just, uh, took a quick look at our download statistics. Mm-hmm. We have over 1,500 downloads. Oh, my goodness. We're, we're racing toward 2,000 at this point. I know. We'll be there Possibly so careening fast. in that direction. Faster than you would even believe. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. All right. Are you ready for the email, Ian? Oh, yeah, John. Show me Ian? all of those fresh, tasty emails. Those people were sending us IMAPs and POPs like you wouldn't believe. Ian? Yeah? We have three new emails. Wait, let me check the spam folder. Okay, yeah, no. Only three new emails. Nothing in the spam folder. <laughs> we have three but emails? Three. Yes. Holy three. shit! Yeah. Oh, man. Let's read them. Let's All bust right. these boys open. So I haven't read any of these yet. I okay. just saw that we had them. Okay. So number one, uh, from info at twitter.com. Okay. That's a good start. Uh, <laughs> we have an update to our privacy policy. Okay, well, we, stopped, we did say that we would read Anything and everything that was sent in to us. Um, so well, this one's a little long, so I'm not going to read all of it verbatim. Okay. Uh, but, so, yeah, it's, there's an update to the, the Twitter privacy policy, which they want us to know about. Mm-hmm. Um, they they are... And then in bold, they've got one section called Transparency and Control. Um, they've apparently launched uh, something that allows you to adjust your settings better. Um They've got some updates to how they store and use data from other websites that integrate with Twitter. Um, they've updated how they share non-personal, aggregated, and device-level data. Uh, they have personalization across your devices. Uh, and then they also have their privacy, privacy shield and digital advertising alliance. Uh, so, And they hope that we see values in these changes as they continue to improve our Twitter experience. Well, okay. well you know. Uh, from Twitter. Thank you, Twitter, for writing in. Uh, who owns yeah. Twitter? So, like... I I think it... I think Twitter owns Twitter. Well, but, like, there's gotta be, like, some big... Some big guy or gal behind it. Like, who was hmm. the Twitter founder? I am not sure. Twitter founder, Jack Dorsey, Biz Stone, Noah Glass, and Evan Williams. So I'm gonna say that was Biz Stone writing into us. Thank you, Biz Stone. Right. Oh, thanks. We really appreciate you reaching out to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Next, uh, we have an email from Cassie. Oh! Uh, subject, Odin's Bitch. Mm-hmm. 
Um, hello, ASMR team. I'm going to be honest, I haven't made it through all the podcasts yet. Having just finished the Pokemon cards one, and of course the one in which my Twitter handle was mentioned, I have a couple of notes slash things I'd like to know. They could have possibly already been answered, but here goes anyway. Um, what was Ian's bug team, and did it actually beat the Elite Four? Well, that's a great question, Cassie. Um, my bug team changed a little bit throughout the run, uh, you know, as, as you might expect. It did beat the Elite Four. Um, really, the big turning point for the bug-only run was at the Safari Zone, when I managed to capture a, uh, a Venomat, which evolves into Venomoth, the only good bug Pokemon in Gen 1. All right. Um... Next, uh, can we hear more about physical objects that could possibly trigger ASMR, such as the head massager mentioned previously? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just triggering some ASMR real quick. Um, uh, so I, I don't think she meant it that way, because I, I think we've talked a fair bit about uh, physical objects that are used to create sounds to trigger ASMR, or that are used in ASMR-inducing videos. I think she meant more physical objects, like the head massager that uh, like, you you touch, or that touch you, and it trigger, like, an ASMR-like experience. Um, I don't know of any other objects that do anything like that. As, uh, it's possible that there is something, but as far as I'm aware, it's just really those wire head massagers. I'm not sure that it really is ASMR. I think it's just an ASMR sort of, or I think it's just similar to ASMR. Um, but that's the only one that I know of. So... So no, I, I can't tell you anything about it. Well, maybe we can look into it. Yeah, certainly. Um, John, this could be the first side quest that gets assigned to us by someone else. Oh, I Cassie, she's got a bunch of them. Jeez. This is like a, a legitimate email. Oh my goodness. Uh, next, uh, is anyone an actual professional ASMR video director? Is this the correct term? How many views would someone truly have to get on YouTube to make a living? Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I guess she is referring to the ASM artists who uh, make videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I believe that um, most or not most uh, certainly like a, a decent number of the ones that we have talked about on the show, I believe, do it as like their full time job. Um, or at least, at the very least, do it as a substantial part of their income. Um, I believe ASMR Darling uh, is a professional ASMR artist. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if GB was as well. I'm pretty sure Gentle Whispers or Gentle Whispering, Gentle Whispers, Careless Whispers. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Careless Whispers is a professional. Um, I think. Uh, Ephemeral Rift is a professional ASMR artist. I'm not sure that he. Actually, no, I think I did see somewhere that... I think I saw somewhere a mention of him having some other job, but um, I think being an ASMR is certainly a big part of what he does. Uh, I guess I, I, don't, I don't know for sure, but I'm, I'm pretty confident that there are a decent number. Um, and I don't really know how many like views it takes to be a professional YouTuber. From what I understand, it varies a lot channel to channel. Um, that makes YouTube sense. sort of... They have different tiers of, in terms of like the amount that they pay per view that you get. Okay. Um, 
I think typically most professional YouTubers need to put out like a video a day, and they typically get yeah, views in like sure. the hundred thousand to million range. Yeah, that sounds about right. So it takes a lot. It takes a lot to be a professional. Um, yeah. <laughs> believe it or not, I am not yet a professional YouTuber. Even though I really? did put out that exciting YouTube video um, last year. Uh, you also had that um, that hit viral campaign, uh, the Like Yourself movement, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. which you put out a couple of YouTube videos for as well. Well, so that was the one I was referring to. Oh, oh okay. The sorry. Like Yourself video based off of everyone's favorite um, song that I think only I actually remember or ever heard of. Um, well, so uh, after... So I don't think I had heard of it when you first put out this video, but afterwards I did hear references to it in other places. So you aren't the only one. That's good to know, but it was certainly less of a cultural touchstone than I had envisioned. (laughs) Um, Blessed unions of the soul. Um, She likes me for me. Delightful song. I put out a better version of it. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't actually checked on that YouTube video in a while. I should should see how many views I've got. See if I've got, like, a million. Oh, you should. Uh, You you should share the... uh... Like, the, the name of that video with our listeners so they can find it. Okay. Um, so let's see, you can find... Oh, oh goodness. Oh, no. I'm trying to trying to get to my YouTube account, but it's all it's all a mess, John. It's a right old disaster. Oh, no. Um. Oh, hold on. Here we go. I found it. Okay. Okay, so... My video titled, I Like Me For Me, um, mm-hmm. posted by Ian Fox, published December 3rd, 2015, uh, has 36 views. Nice. <laughs> okay, so it's, it's not quite as viral as I had expected. Um, but you know what? It'll get there. I think it's been, if I can just check the, uh, the sort of stats, because I, I bet that it's sort of been like a, a rising trend. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I think I think maybe all it needed was just to get a bump on a popular ASMR podcast. So I'm sure if we yes. check back next week after this after this episode goes out, I'm sure those view numbers are going to skyrocket. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll, I'll report back later. Actually, but you okay? So actually, I think we hadn't finished with Cassie's email though. No, we had not. Um, so her next question was. Uh, what are the stats on men versus women who watch ASMR? Um, I do not know the answer to that. Um, I've been under the impression that it's like that the, the, there's not really a or, or that like it, ASMR has a fairly uh, what what's the word I'm looking for universal uh, universal appeal I guess not universal because like only certain people experience it but like. I don't think that there's a strong, uh, like, I don't think it's, like, exclusively, uh, or I, th- I think it's, like, fairly even, I guess. God, that, there's a lot of stumbling to get that answer out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I, I don't actually have numbers on that, so I, I guess I can't say, but that would be something to look into. Um, there's certainly, next quest... so I'm just, I'm just doing some quick Googling, um, mm-hmm. there's definitely... Some stuff out there about the uh, disparity in terms of ASMR creators. I'm not mm-hmm. seeing things about disparity in terms of people who 
view ASMR. Right. Oh, my impression uh, was that it's it's probably more men than women, just because of all the sexual comments that I see on the YouTube videos. Well, I I I think that that is a little bit of a um, sample bias, I guess, because um, like I think if you look at anything uh, on the internet that contains a woman in any uh, way, shape, or form, um, you're going to find a lot of aggressive sexual comments from men. Like, like, regardless of who's actually, like, consuming that content, and regardless of what kind of content it is, if there's a woman in it, you're just gonna see a lot of aggressive sexual comments coming from men. That is, that is probably true. So I just found something, um, just a whispering guy on Reddit who apparently has a, a... YouTube channel with over 7.7 million views as of two years Mm -hmm. ago said that he's got a viewer split of about 63% men, 37% women. Okay. That is a bigger split than I would have expected, but I guess there's only one one data point. Then Donna ASMR is saying 48.3% women, 51.7% men. Okay. It's pretty even. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's all the stats I could find. Alright, cool. So, uh, hopefully that is something for you, Cassie. Um, but not a ton of information. Uh, and her final question is, uh, where do we draw the line between ASMR and sexual arousal? Um, there is no line! <laughs> no, that's not true. Uh, I, I don't really have, like, a good way of answering that question, because they're, they're just different experiences um like i i don't i i can't well let's dig into this like, a little like bit, it, let's dig into this what? a little bit could so, you uh, imagine well, I... asmr featuring in a sexual scenario for you well so so i guess the way that i would um answer this question is that i i feel that this question is essentially the same as asking like where do we draw the line between say, laughter and sexual arousal. Um, like, they're just two different things. They can happen at the same time, they can happen at different times, but they're not, like, they're just different. Well, I guess I see the point you're trying to make as as a non-ASMR-privileged uh, person myself. <laughs> Maybe it's, you know, it's a little hard for me to say. I, I will say, I think it's different from laughter... In the ASMR, like, you watch some of these videos, there's clearly a strong component of intimacy in ASMR. At Uh, least for some people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that is certainly, yeah, that's a a strong recurring theme. Uh, And it it is something that, like, I mean, I've I've certainly said before that it is uh, an aspect of it for me, oftentimes. Mm -hmm. And so it seems like it's more finding a dividing line between sexual arousal and something like love that's fair um i guess i suppose that makes sense um although i don't know i i still don't think that it's quite the same because i i feel like the the intimacy is is more just about like being comfortable i guess rather than 
I don't know. I, I guess not. I don't think either of our metaphors are perfect. I, I think I think they're both imperfect in different ways. Um, but I mean, certainly, like, like, like it, it's. I think laughter comes more easily around someone that you are comfortable with. Um, similarly, like ASMR, I think it comes more easily when you're comfortable in a comfortable situation. Mm. Um, so, uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, they're just two different experiences. Um, there, I, I'll, I'll admit there are certainly some overlaps in some cases, but it, they're, they're just two different things, I guess is really the best answer I can give. Um, uh, and then she says, thanks, uh, Cassie and Odin, in parentheses, whose bitch I am. Uh, and then she provided a picture of Odin. Oh, and says, P.S., here's a pic of the pooch in question. I could not share that picture with our listeners, but, uh, I appreciate it, Cassie. Thank you. I uh, no, I don't want to put Cassie yeah. on blast too much. Okay, but I will say, what did Odin contribute to that email? Because <laughs> said from Cassie and Odin, I'm just I'm not I'm wondering if she's maybe not you know sort of feeling like do those questions really represent Odin's views? Hmm. Seems so presumptuous. That's a fair point. But uh, Cassie, if you could Odin write in Odin's. again uh, and let us know like how much of that email represented Odin's. Uh, questions and concerns and how much of it was yours. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do very much appreciate this email. Indeed. Thank you. Uh, so next we have an email from Ryan. Oh. Uh, the subject is whatever you want. And the uh, body of the email says whatever you want. Wow. Uh, so thank you, Ryan, for uh, for writing in. <laughs> oh, really got you, Ian? <laughs> well, you know, Ryan, he... He listened to the instructions. <laughs> it's true. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> so that was a very eventful indulgence corner. Yeah, I know. I feel like we didn't just indulge ourselves that time. We indulged the listeners a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. It's a, a weird and unusual feeling. Yeah, it feels good. I think that we really are making great strides in terms of, you know, improving listener engagement. I think so. And you know what? I'm taking a note right now to look into Cassie's questions and potentially try to have some better answers for next week. Very responsible of you. I don't know. And this actually brings us to the sort of next segment of the program, the indulgences corner. (laughs) So as always, uh, we are continuing to slog our way through the (laughs) <laughs> a blog post by Shayla Price, Four Ways to Increase Podcast Audience Engagement. <laughs> a brief summary of um, our quest so far. The first point was to invite listeners on air, leading to us sort of trying to more directly elicit feedback from the, the viewers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second point was interview thought leaders. Uh, so, John, how's, uh, how's um, getting a thought leader for us to interview? How's that going? Well, uh, Minimalist ASMR did like another one of our tweets. That's true. So I'll, I'll count that <laughs> so as So I'd say progress. that's a big success. Big success. Um, one more, and I think at that point we basically interviewed them. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I do also, I think I may have mentioned this before, um, but I do have a coworker who claims to know quite a bit about gar- uh, about grocery haul videos. Um and he's a, and so I might be able to get him on the podcast to tell us all about grocery haul videos. That sounds, I mean, 
you know, as, as I think I've said before, and I'll say again, I've got no idea what a grocery haul video is. And that sounds great. All right. So, yeah, well, well, well I'm sure we'll do that at some point. Mm-hmm. So, sort of less direct progress in, in part two, interviewing thought leaders. But well, that's something that we'll continue to work on a little bit in the upcoming mm-hmm. weeks. Uh, we're on to point three out of four, and that's create shareable content. So we got to um, create shareable content, John. Studies by Google found that 90% of people move between multiple devices, tablets, computers, smartphones, to accomplish a single task. To successfully engage our audience, we must capture their attention with easy-to-use and understandable material. Not actually sure how that one sort of follows from the first point, but okay. Offer listeners well-written show notes or two-minute best-moment show clips. Encourage your audience members to share by providing pre-made social media messages. Here's an example from Social Pros, a popular marketing podcast. Um, It appears to be a, a tweet. Today's consumer... Wants it right now. So you can share that. Um, you can just tweet that statement if you want. Okay. And um, also basically just, you know, make your show notes accessible and more consumable. Uh, do we have show notes? Yeah, we do. We do. Okay. Um, well, I, I assume it just means, like, the the description that accompanies the podcast. I don't know. Uh, I mean, show, it's probably like links and stuff to whatever we talk about. Maybe like a transcript. I don't know. Well, probably not a transcript. That seems like yeah, probably not a transcript. I, I assume it just means like the like description that uh, like the the podcast description. Well, it looks like but... they expect us because there's another there's another sort of blog post here going over what should be in your show notes. And it seems like it's supposed to be like a summary of the whole goddamn podcast, and it it, it says include. Your outline first. So it's sort of presuming that we have an outline for this, which I think is <laughs> sort of. I will, I, we have the indulgence corner, we have the indulgences corner, we have the side quests, and we have the main quest, and we have inventory management. Mm-hmm. So I guess we could just like give a brief overview of what we talk about in each of those. I guess I I, I could um, kind of beef up the the uh, the 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 podcast description a little bit. I've been a little lazy about it the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So, I suppose... Didn't want to say anything, John, but yeah, days. it's not not quite as much of a... <laughs> not, not, not as many gut busters recently, is all I'll say. <laughs> you were just saying you don't even know if we have them. Well, no, I knew that we had descriptions, because I get them in my little oh, okay. podcast app. Oh, okay. All right. I didn't know if that those were show notes. I thought show notes were something else. I I mean, I'm I'm just guessing here. Okay. I don't know all the lingo yet. I'm still new to this business. So that's one of the things to do. Um, create customized social media content for our podcast subscribers. So sort of like little tweetable moments. Or maybe we'll, maybe we can make little memes for them to share. Okay. That's, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. And um, track the progress of your content marketing strategy. Yeah, I mean, I guess like uh, some of the podcasts I listen to, like we'll have little sort of best bit clips on youtube with animations and stuff mm-hmm. although a lot of those are fan made so uh, if our fans yeah. could get on that that'd be great um mm-hmm. i guess they also sort of will create their own little hashtags or own recurring themes um like uh oh uh things i bought at sheets which is not a podcast but it's still fantastic mm-hmm. has uh, healthy boy wednesday which is really great and really sticks with me 
So I guess we need our, like, our own version of Healthy Boy Wednesday. Mm. Not, like, our own Healthy Boy Day of the Week, but just something that's, like, as catchy as that. Oh, uh, okay. It's too bad you said that, because I was actually going to suggest Healthy Boy Tuesday. Um, yeah, I think that's a, that's a little too derivative. Oh. Well, I mean, you know what they say, creativity is all about sort of, you know, copying other people. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, imitation is the highest form of flattery or something? Is that, is that Imitation is? is the highest form of creative accomplishment. Oh, okay. Got it. And that was by Goethe. Oh, wow. So that's the Indulgences Corner for this week. Um... Mm-hmm. I guess on to side quests. Yeah, let's do it. Alright, Ian. Uh, I went on quite a few side quests since we last recorded. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, so I, I, uh, I watched, I believe, a couple more Gentle Whispering ASMR videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one I watched most recently, and so remember the best, was ASMR, Scissors, Gentleman Spa, Scissors, Stream... Circle, shave, circle, haircut by Gentle Whispering ASMR. Did you say stream? Sorry, steam. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Uh, so it, it was a, a haircut video, essentially, uh, or a haircut roleplay video from Gentle Whispering ASMR. I didn't like it as much as some of her other videos. I think that. I'm just not really super into ASMR roleplay. Mm. Um, like, I mean, I, I don't dislike it necessarily, but I don't think it's as effective for me as some other things. Uh, I think I generally prefer videos where someone is just, like, whispering and there's no pretense about it. It is just, like, they are whispering into the microphone. Um, but, I mean, that said, I, I, it did still trigger ASMR for me. It was still uh, effective. I just... Uh, the format of it wasn't as good for me as uh, some of her others. Um, and then I also went on a number of little side quests related to our main quest this week. Um, I don't want to get into it too much yet, but our, our main quest this week was uh, a video um, by the ASMR nerd. So I did check out uh, some of his other stuff a little bit. I watched uh, just a tiny bit of... His video, uh, Relaxing Reviews, Drivo Excalibur Mechanical Keyboard, um, which uh, is a review of a mechanical keyboard. I believe that uh, one of my coworkers has this keyboard, actually. It is a very small, very compact mechanical keyboard uh, that I think has like a bunch of sort of features for people who are super into ASMR. Now, that's um, interesting to me, because it, you know, I've, sorry, I've worked in an office... With someone who does occasionally use a mechanical keyboard, mm-hmm. and I've you know I've seen mechanical keyboards used before, can't imagine anything that's less related to ASMR because <laughs> they're really you know they're they're fun to use, they're pleasant to type on, they they make a bit of a racket, don't they? Yeah, well, I, I think it's maybe I don't know. So I guess he, he didn't really. Um... In the portion of this video that I watched, because like I said, I didn't watch the whole thing. Because I was doing this last night, and I was just trying to, like, sort of do a little survey, I guess, of his videos. Um, he didn't really do too much typing on it in the time that I was watching it. But I, I can see, like, 
there's sort of like a rhythm to typing. So as long as you sort of, you know, adjust the volume appropriately, I can definitely see how it could be uh, sort of ASMR-inducing for some people. Mm. As it is, certainly a lot of tapping. Yeah. But mostly it was about him talking, at least in the portion that I watched. Um, but he has a whole series of relaxing reviews where he reviews various different items and talks about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also then checked out a little bit of a video he has, which is part of a new series called Star Duo. Uh, I watched a bit ASMR Stardew Valley. Sorry, what? I watched uh, the start of the first episode of that. Oh, sweet. Okay, so we we both watched the beginning of Star Duo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a series he is doing with Miss Fushi, another ASM artist, uh, where they play Stardew Valley and uh, they whisper while they play Stardew Valley and speak softly. Um, so I guess uh, Stardew. Actually, Ian, you know a bit more about Stardew Valley than I do. Would you like to describe it for people who are maybe unfamiliar with it? Yeah, if you've ever played a Harvest Moon type game. That's what Stardew Valley is. Stardew Valley was one guy, he was playing Harvest Moon games, and he just said to himself, this is not a good enough game. And so he went out and he spent like five years of his life just making the world's greatest Harvest Moon game, and that's Stardew Valley. <laughs> For those who don't know anything about Harvest Moon, the basic premise <laughs> of Stardew Valley is that you have arrived in a sort of bucolic little village... You're a, you're a sort of a city rat, but you've grown tired of the hustle and bustle of modern life and are moving to this sort of idyllic countryside. You inherit an abandoned and decrepit farm from one of your uncles or grandfather or something, I don't know. And you set about rebuilding it. And while you build it, you build relationships with people throughout the town. There's all sorts of colorful characters that you can get into relationships and, and smooch and such. Uh, and you can go around, you can fight some monsters in a mine. You can do a lot of fishing. Uh, it's a very it's a very fun game. I will say, I... So I played it for a while, and I stopped playing it. Because there's a part of the game which is very relaxing. Which is, you know, you're sort of wandering around, doing various things. It's not a super challenging game, but there's plenty to keep you occupied. Right. So this has been our Stardew Valley segment. <laughs> um, yeah, so the the video that was uh, pretty pretty good, um, at least in the part I watched. I can definitely see like watching more of this at some point. Um, I really liked Miss Fushi's voice. She did have a pretty good voice. Yeah, it's like it's very unique and distinctive, but like it it definitely seems like it could potentially be very inducive to or very conducive to ASMR. Uh, again, I didn't watch all that much of this video. So I, I didn't get, like, super into it, but, like, from what I did see, I really dug her voice. Mm. Um, and then I also uh, just very briefly uh, checked out Miss Fushi's channel as well, um, just to see what she was all about. Um, and it looks like she mostly does, um, like, ASMR Let's Plays, basically. Um, so I just, like, randomly clicked on one of them. Um, and she has an ASMR Chrono Trigger series, which I think I might check out. Uh, in a little bit more detail later on because uh, it, it seems like at least I, so I only watched like a minute of it but it seems like it's basically just sort of like her telling a story almost because she like reads out all of the dialogue and everything on screen um, and 
since Chrono Trigger is a JRPG, uh, there's a lot of story. Basically, all text. Yeah. Uh, so it's basically just like her reading a lot of text. It seems, um, and uh, I don't know. It seems like it'd be pretty fun. Um, oh, and so then I, I I do have one more side quest I want to get to uh, that uh, Ian shared with me, but I don't know if you have anything that you want to talk about before we get to that. Oh, I'm I didn't know that you had actually done anything with those because I sent you those links and I don't think I, you ever responded to them. Well, so that's because I I think you sent me the links while I was at work and I thought oh I'll have to check this out and then I forgot about it until. Uh, right when we were about to start recording, and <laughs> then I remembered, and so then I watched it. Okay, very nice. I haven't actually seen those yet, but we'll get to that in a second. So oh. I have one. <laughs> I have one uh, side quest that I actually, I actually uh, watched an unintentional ASMR video. Oh, so this is what was it by Unintended ASMR, uh, a YouTube channel which. From what I gather, it just sort of takes videos from other people and puts them on their channel. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've also come across them, and yes, that does seem to be the case. They do attribute the videos, yeah, they, and they, they do like, say do they'll take them down. They like, they like, original video, the original channel. Here's the yeah, person's so like, website. Like, I, I definitely appreciate that, but... I don't know, it seems a little weird at the same time. But I mean, they also definitely clearly have, like, the best intentions. Like, I think, like, I get what they're doing. They're trying to, like... Uh, you know, they're finding unintentional ASMR videos and they're, like, compiling them all in one place. And they seem very, like, willing to take any of them down and they do a ton of attribution. So I, I guess, like, I, I, I see what they're doing. I, it, it makes sense. I, I think, and I think they're doing it in the best way. But, I don't know, there's just something a little weird about the fact that, like, none of it is original content. Yeah, I, the, the one issue I have with it, I mean, if you want to compile these sorts of videos... You know, you can make a YouTube playlist, right? You know, that's true. And there is the fact, like, I, I don't actually know if their channel's monetized or not, but especially if yeah, they're I'm taking sure. videos from monetized channels, you know, I guess yeah. it's not a great thing. Uh, yeah, I guess the playlist would be a better way. I guess the only problem with the playlist is that, um, just like like YouTube never recommends playlists, so like, yeah, that's true. You're not really going to get a lot of visibility that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. But the video that I watched was unintentional ASMR, little hammer emoticon, Welsh stone carver, gentle tapping, carving, talking. And it's by this sort of old bushy guy who's carving up a stone in a Welsh manner. And it's a a nice video. (laughs) He, it's, it's sort of in the style maybe of like a PBS documentary where, you know, they're going through and. You're getting to see a craftsman do his job. He's making a very nice looking... It looks sort of like a tombstone, maybe? I don't know. Hmm. This video is, I think, particularly notable. So it's it's informative, it's relaxing, it's pleasant. There's a bit in it, a horrifying moment, where you see uh, this man is talking about how to keep your chisel sharp. And he has a little demonstration where he says a lot of people, you know, they'll sharpen their chisel and they'll just sort of test to see if it, like, you know, is is sharp, if it'll scratch. But he goes a step beyond that. Uh, And then he shows us his thumbnail, which is sort of horribly mutilated. Oh, no. It's because he tests the sharpness and the, I, I guess, the stickiness of his chisel by just sort of jabbing it into his thumbnail. Oh, 
Yeah, so that was... I mean, it was it was a very pleasant video, except for that. I didn't have nightmares for years. Yeah, that that sounds awful. Mm-hmm. Like, even if he's not puncturing the thumbnail, just... He's not. He's just, he's sort of like, putting yeah, it on yeah, and no, like I assume scratching he's not. it up. And it, it's yeah, a but there's still looking thumbnail. There's still something very upsetting about that. I don't know why, because, you know, there's no nerves in there. It's like, it's just your thumbnail. It doesn't really matter, but... I don't know. There's something just nice in my... Makes me like cringe thinking about it. I... Ugh. Yeah. So maybe don't watch that video. Sounds awful. Okay. Oh no, though I like the know. video. Yeah, I'm curious about the rest of it. It's just that part that just sounds very upsetting. Mm-hmm. So that was my side quest. All right. Uh, so you said you haven't actually watched the video that you sent to me. No, so I I saw that it existed. I think. Oh, okay. I found it on maybe Nick's Twitter. Uh, Nick from Polygon. Yes, Nick Robinson I assume. from Polygon. Yeah, uh, Nick Robinson. friend of the show. Okay. I assume. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, I wish that'd be great. Someday, I feel like he'd like it. And it was by a Polygon video producer. It's about. The video is about a Polygon video producer before he worked at Polygon. Uh, maybe you can describe it, Jonathan, so you actually saw the video. Yeah, also, I was kind of hoping that you had also watched it so we could talk about it together. But so you know what, John? We could um, maybe save it for... Because it's a series, right? It's a series of videos. Uh, it's certainly, like... Oh, yes, okay, it is. Sorry, so, it, yeah, definitely, like, it, it looks like it's a series, but I wasn't sure if it actually was or if it... Just like what, was pretending to be, yeah. No, I just see, there is a episode two. Yeah, you, all right, let's do it. That'll be our main quest next week. Okay. Which brings us, uh, I guess, to the end of the side quests and the beginning of the main yeah. quest this week. Oh man, we got here so quickly. Yeah, only forty-seven minutes. <laughs> Incredible. I think that's fine though, because. I mean, I, I don't really have... It's hard to talk about one particular video for a really long time. Yeah, I feel like... I think I actually kind of prefer this format. distribution of our show is probably like, what, 50% Indulgence Corner, 40% <laughs> Side Quests, and then like 10% Main Quest. No, I, I think it's like 50% um, things that don't really fall into any of the sections and are just us like rambling about stuff. Mm. And then... The rest of it maybe falls under the distribution you said. But then the rest of it is 50% Indulgence Corner. And by the, the, the rest of it. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so 50% Indulgence Corner, 50% us talking about things that aren't ASMR. Yeah. So we're, you know, maybe, maybe we gotta stick to our core competencies, sort of spend some more time in the Indulgence Corner for next week. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I feel like I have some things to say about this video. All right, sweet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I uh, said before who, uh, like the ASM artist who produced, who like released this video, did not say um, what the video was. So this was soft spoken ASMR Elder Scrolls maps by the ASMR nerd. Excuse me. Just burped a little bit, but now I'm ready to talk about the video. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Excuse you, shit. John. 
You didn't even have to burp. I bet you, like, did that intentionally. Uh, God damn. Okay. Not, not working anymore. Now, now it's just, now it's just, uh. It's a disaster. Yeah, it's a disaster. You're destroying the credibility of this podcast. I'm sorry, John. I will cease my Flushing burping. it down the drain. Thank you. I will never burp again. And that is my, that's my. Thank Sworn God. To you. <laughs> the last burp, John. <laughs> so, uh, this is by ASMR yeah. Nerd. It was an interesting video, I thought. I liked it. I, I liked it a fair amount. I think that it had some elements that I didn't... Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe I've, I might have said this before, but I think it really was hammered home this week. I'm a much bigger fan of soft-spoken ASMR than I am of whispering ASMR. Ah, interesting. I was going to uh, bring that up. I, I, I believe that you are the opposite, right? You prefer the whisper. Yes. Yeah. Um, so for me, like, I find soft-spoken to be relaxing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if I just want to, like, throw something on the TV that I'm not actually really going to watch and just sort of, like, lay on the couch and close my eyes... And not actually try to, like, trigger ASMR, but just, like, sort of relax a little bit. Then I find soft-spoken to be perfectly adequate for that. But in terms of triggering ASMR, um, soft-spoken videos don't do it for me. Uh, Soft-spoken, like, or people speaking softly in real life can trigger ASMR for me. But for whatever reason, there's some kind of disconnect there between, like, real life and the videos. Um, and soft-spoken videos don't seem to trigger it for me, whereas whispering can. Um, now, out of curiosity, is it the case that real-life whispering is, like, even more likely to trigger ASMR for you? And it's just sort of like the transition um, from real-life to video, and it just reduces the likelihood? Or does that transition just really hurt soft-spoken? I'm not sure. Uh, because it's not that often in my real life that I... Uh, that I hear someone, like, whispering. Whereas I work with a bunch of, like, engineers, so I regularly hear people speak. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just imagining you now at, like, some sort of meeting, and, like, a a sort of (laughs) soft-looking droning guy is giving a presentation, and you're just there, fucking (laughs) white-knuckled. Grimacing. White knuckled. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Just really digging deep into that ASMR. Oh, you seem to think my ASMR experiences are far more intense than they are. Um, but no, I mean, it doesn't, like, regularly happen at work or anything. But just, I, certainly, I encounter people speaking softly in my real life far more than I encounter people whispering. Um, I was using the people that I work with as a as a joke cuz you know there's the stereotypes about engineers but about engineers but triggering I think really ASMR. Like pretty much anyone what there's that old stereotype about engineers triggering ASMR uh yep <laughs> um but no I, I mean I think like pretty much anyone is going to encounter like soft speaking more in their real life than whispering and so like I just I can't really remember the last time that I heard someone whispering um Whereas, like, I fairly regularly will hear people speaking softly, and that does occasionally trigger ASMR for me in real life, whereas 
I can't think of any time that just soft-spoken videos have ever triggered it for me. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, I can't really compare to whispering, because uh, I just, I don't hear it all that often, except in the videos. So this is a soft-spoken video. Yes, it is. And the main, I don't know, I guess the main theme of the video, or the main point of the video, is this man is showing us through um, five maps of the Elder Scrolls area, the the continent of Tamriel, um, that came with some sort of collector's edition of Skyrim. And he's just sort of going over the maps and talking about them. Um, I actually did want to say one more thing about... um... Uh, the soft spoken. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I don't think it was a Skyrim collector's edition. I think it's just like a collection of all of the Elder Scrolls games. Oh, okay. Except for the Elder Scrolls Online, because like, who cares? Um, but uh, so regarding the soft spoken, um, so I, I think I, I, I hadn't really like thought about this consciously until I was watching this video. Um, but I had always thought that the fact that I preferred whispering to soft-spoken was, like, more or less a universal thing to most people who experience ASMR. Um, again, this was not really, like, a conscious thought. It was just, like, a sort of subconscious. Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas, like, when I was watching this video, uh, he called out that the... So this video was something that, like, uh, he had had a contest for someone to design a banner for his channel, and whoever won would get to, like, request a video... Um, and so the person who won had requested this video, uh, and they specifically requested that it be soft-spoken rather than whispered, which, like, made it apparent to me that there are people who do prefer soft-spoken to whispering, uh, whereas before I just kind of assumed that everyone preferred whispering, uh, and clearly that is not the case, and so I just wanted to, like, specifically bring attention to that, that my experience where whispering is far superior is not universal. Mm Mm-hmm. I think I think I think soft spoken just sounds nicer. It might be different if like whispering triggered ASMR for me, but uh, whispering yeah, feels that's a fair. little more forced too. Generally, I think soft spoken seems that. like a more generally relaxing thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess like in the absence of ASMR, I I feel like if I was if, yeah if I was trying to watch a video just to relax and I was not interested in the ASMR, I probably would pick soft spoken over whispering. Um. But in terms of ASMR, the whispering is far more effective for me. Mm-hmm. So, he's going through all these maps, mm-hmm. and I, don't, I thought that it was a sort of interesting premise for an ASMR video. Yeah, I, I liked it. I thought, I thought it was kind of cool, just like looking at all these fantasy maps. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, I think what would have been really nice for me uh, would have been if he had been one of these sort of crazy lore people, where he like knew everything about all the Elder Scroll games mm. and knew all the little <laughs> secrets and whatnot. He has certainly yeah. played Elder Scroll. Um, he's yeah. I mean, to his to his credit, he certainly knows more than I do. Yeah. Um, and I've played like a decent num- amount of at least Oblivion and Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Uh, although to be fair, I am the sort of person who starts in the main quest, thinks, oh, I'm going to finish the main quest, and then very quickly gets distracted and never finishes the main Just quest. Spends, and I pours hours and hours into various side quests. I think I think in my playthrough of Skyrim, I say playthrough sort of loosely, although actually one <laughs> thing that this video did is it caused me to download Skyrim again on my new computer. 
Oh, I never. Oh, I guess new computer. But yeah, I've I've never deleted it. I always think there's a chance I'll go back to it, and I do occasionally. Mm-hmm. But in my playthrough thus far, I think I've killed more bandits than there are people in Skyrim. <laughs> I think because I mean, you go to I mean, like even you know the big towns, right? How many distinct mm. people are there? towns. Yeah, I, that is one issue that I've sort of always had with the Elder Scrolls, is there's, there's a little, definitely a little bit of a, a scaling problem. Which, I mean, makes sense, like, uh, there are definitely both, like, sort of design limitations and heart and uh, technical limitations. Uh, like, you know, if, if they were really to build out a full city, even not not a city by, like, modern standards, but even a city by sort of medieval standards it would be very very big and it would just be sort of like a hassle to get through um but at the same time like i don't know it it does it can be a little jarring at times just like how small the cities are yeah uh, and yeah, yeah there's definitely not that many people in any of them there's not that many people and there's everywhere Here's the thing, like, I feel like you look at Skyrim in particular, I played Oblivion, but that was a while ago, and I don't think I ever played as much of it as I did Skyrim. I didn't play any of the other Elder Scrolls games. But you go and you look at Skyrim, I think that you might actually be the bandits. Like, I think (laughs) that the people living in the caves and going around stabbing everyone, they're the proper citizens of Skyrim. Because there's certainly (laughs) more of them, right? And then there's just, you know, imagine, like, you're just a normal person living in your town in a dark cave on, like, your massive Some guy comes in, slaughters everyone you've ever known, mm-hmm. the entire village is killed, and then he just goes around looting everyone's bodies, opening every fucking container, taking every cabbage, every piece of armor, every weapon. The bowls, even? What is he gonna yeah. do with those bowls? <laughs> the wooden spoons? Just not... I mean, there's not even, like, any merchants who can afford to buy all that crap, but they're just taking them anyway. Mm-hmm. And then he moves right on to the next village, slaughtering everyone. To yeah. benefit, like, it's the 10 point. or 20 people who happen to already be rich enough that they don't have to live in dark caves. <laughs> I think it's a... It's a fair point. It's a sort of... There's there's a lot going on there if you look beneath the surface in Skyrim. Yeah, it's, it's a very classist game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess Oblivion definitely had a lot of sort of, like, bandits, like, roaming bandits on the road, but I don't think there were that many bandit camps. Whereas, yeah, Skyrim definitely has a lot of bandit camps. Just every hill. Fucking everywhere. Every hill has a bandit camp, John. They're either inside the hill or on top of the hill. If you're not inside of a bandit camp, you just have to turn around. Mm -hmm. Another thing about the Elder Scroll games that I sort of realized watching this video. Mm-hmm. Elder Scrolls been going on for a while, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think the first one came out in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And it's just sort of weird because, you know, Skyrim at this point came out, what, like, five, six years ago? Longer? God, yeah, I guess it did. That's crazy. I still kind of, I still think of it as, like, a recent game, but it, it's not really anymore. Yeah, but it, it's sort of recent for, like, it's recent for Elder Scroll games. 
And Bethesda's yeah. just, I mean, they're, they're, it's just sort of weird because they're, you know, here they are sitting on maybe the biggest RPG property. And they've just got it on a Well, they also cycle. own Fallout. Yeah, but I, I, think, I think Elder Scrolls is bigger than Fallout. Maybe yeah, not, that's, but... that's probably true. Yeah, it's hard well, to say. Well, even Fallout, I mean, they, they, it's just like they've got all of their yeah, really even big properties Super... on these, like, seven to eight year release cycles. <laughs> yeah. I guess it works for them, but... Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Blizzard's not really much better for the most part. Yeah, maybe it's just like, the Call of Duties of the world. Like, there's maybe, maybe I just get distracted by the few publishers who manage to push out a game basically every year. <laughs> so, in any case, there's just something about it seems to work for them. I guess, but it's just sort of weird because I mean, also you go back and you look, basically everything before Oblivion is like. We're getting to the point where it's so old that it's kind of unplayable, right? I think Morrowind is still pretty playable, from what I understand. But, yeah, Arena and Daggerfall, probably not. Yeah. And it's just going to be um, weird. Cause yeah, I'm not sure that I know anyone who's ever played either of those. I think they're, like, very old and unplayable. Mm-hmm. Whereas Morrowind, I think, is more or less the same as Oblivion. Maybe. I remember seeing um, some of Mor- Morrowind being played and thinking that it looked kind of janky, but... I mean, it's, I think it's definitely a little janky. Um, there's a lot of mods that help with that. Uh, is Mor- Morrowind definitely has, like, more quirks, I guess, than Oblivion. Um, but I think a lot of people find them charming in a way. Like, like it's, I think it's much easier to become very overpowered in Morrowind than it is in Oblivion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's probably some some, like, little bugs and stuff here and there. And sort of, like, ways to break the game. But, like, other than that, it, it, I think it's still fair, like a pretty playable game at this point. I think the core gameplay is pretty much the same as Oblivion. Yeah. I was going to say, it's, it's sort of funny because, also, as, since these are all RPGs, in a sense, the story is all sort of building on itself, right? Like, with each little game, or not little game, with each game... <laughs> you see more of the world and more of sort of the overall story of Tamriel, the Elder Scroll mm. saga. But unless they go back and, you know, sort of update and re-release all the old games, there's never going to be a generation of gamers that, like, know the full picture. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess they sort of get around that by having all of their games take place, like, not at all in the same time frame. Yeah. Like, I think Skyrim is supposed to take like a, take place, like, a thousand years after Oblivion. Really? Oh, I think oh, so. Oh, yeah, it happened before Oblivion, but... I don't know. Oh, maybe. But I'm I don't not know. I, super... No, I, yeah, I thought it was, like, a thousand years after Oblivion. Okay. It's just sort of funny. It's also weird that... Uh, the first one, Arena, um, has, like, like sounds like it takes place in the smallest area, but I believe, in fact, it takes place in the largest. Because huh. I'm, I'm pretty sure that, yes, yeah, so, like, I know Morrowind takes place, um, not even in the entire province of Morrowind, but just, like, on that one massive island. Uh, Oblivion takes place in the, uh, provinces of Cyrodiil. Skyrim takes place in the province of Skyrim, obviously. Um, I'm pretty sure Hammerfell, uh, 
takes place in, or sorry, Daggerfall takes place in the province of Daggerfall. I think Arena takes place on all of uh, Tamriel. Huh. Um, you just go everywhere. Despite being the first, and also being called Arena, because like you hear Arena and you think, oh, it's just like probably some tech demo that just happened in like an Arena. It just showed off like the fighting or something, but. Which is is that? I'm pretty sure it's like the entire fucking continent. Um, Elder Scrolls. <laughs> this is fair. That's point. the thing about Elder Scrolls. Like, you know, you play Skyrim, and it's a wonderful game. It's a great game, but you you shave away any of the components of the game. They're not all that good, are they? Yeah, like any one component on its own, like the story on its own, not that great. Like the. The fighting on its own, not that great. The stealth is pretty bad. Um, yeah. The graphics, the graphics can be, well, but like the the, the people in particular are not very good. Mm. I mean, the graphics are good for Oh, one, you know what, I have to take it back though, John. There is one part of all Bethesda games that are outstanding. The ragdoll physics? The ragdoll physics. <laughs> It's just like, they just, they, somebody built a ragdoll engine way back with an arena came out or something. And they, they just were, they, they just loved it so much, like, no, we're gonna put that in every game, no matter what. Well, I, I, I think at this point, like, I'm sure they could make it more realistic if they wanted to. I think they do it intentionally. I think it's like the fact that you are a prisoner at the start of every Elder Scrolls game. Like, they don't have to do that. I no, think they no, just choose. They I think to they do figure it. like they cannot think of another just... start game. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, so you, so you wake up in jail. No, no, sorry. No, you're 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 on a, a wagon. You're in handcuffs. On your way to get beheaded. <laughs> you're gonna. I mean, I guess it's a it's okay. So you're on a ship. And you're, you're on a prisoner, prisoner. ship. <laughs> right, so they do have an issue with these games, right? Where you can't have an Elder Scroll game. Where it's like you have to pop away from your friends and family and go out and save the world and like, yeah, you know, this isn't Persona, right? Like you can't lead a double life of being right. A yeah, I guess person. they do. Yeah, I guess they do. Sort of have to have an excuse for why you are like all alone and just like in the middle of nowhere and don't know anyone. Yeah. But I mean, I guess they they could do some sort of backstory where like your whole village burns and everyone dies. I mean, like, they could literally do the backstory for Skyrim, where you just, like, are a villager who lived in that village. Like... But you also need to be the chosen you could one, have these... right? And you need to have all these special powers. Maybe that's why the fucking dragon shows up in your village, is because the chosen one is there, and it's, just, like, drawn to your power or some shit. Maybe. Maybe. Like, you you definitely could... Like, Skyrim, at the very least, I think they could have done away with the prisoner and, like, not change the story at all. But I, I do understand what you're saying. Like, it is it is sort of an easy way to make you to... Sort of tabula rasa. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I do think that the the ragdoll physics is something that they... I think they, they think that that's part of the charm of the games. Yeah. And it is! I, I'm inclined to agree with them. It is pretty charming. Just blast <laughs> someone with a fireball and suddenly they just go shooting off to high heaven. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, I, so, I, I, yeah. So I, I guess um, the Elder Scrolls games are definitely sort of an example of like the sum of the parts being far greater than. Or no, I guess the opposite. I mean, the 
the sum of the greats are, or the sum of the parts is less than the whole. The whole is much the more whole than is, the sum yeah, of the, the parts. Yeah, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah, there we go. It's also just, That's I mean, great. they are really epic games, right? Like, they really... Oh, absolutely. You know, there's there's all yeah. these big towns, any number of which would just be, like, sort of the centerpieces of other games. You just go through yeah. these endless quests, endless content. A lot of it is and just going, are... going bandits, but... Endless <laughs> bandits. All you can eat. Uh, <laughs> uh, they are very good at, like, designing their worlds and everything. Like, I certainly remember the first time I, like, played Skyrim and I stepped out into the open wild for the first time just thinking, like, wow, this looks like an alpine meadow, like, mm-hmm. and, like, the tundra and, like, all this other place. Like, it, it was just beautiful. And, like, I just was amazed looking around. And I think Oblivion, I had a similar experience. Like, the first time I played Oblivion and stepped out into the open world and looked around, I was just like, damn! It's huge, and there's so many amazing places to go, and it all looks amazing. Yeah, um, I really liked just the, the fact that you can be wandering around the overworld, and you just stumble across some little danky cave or something. And you just go in, and it's just like some sort of magical wonderland inside, just full of skeletons yeah. and necromancers, and <laughs> You have to go oh, yeah, through, absolutely. and sometimes, sometimes there's like even a, an actual plot in these dungeons. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah I mean they really do a, a great job with like building their worlds, and like their artists are fantastic. Good games. They they really are. Ah. Um. So this video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the video. I mean, yeah, the video was mostly talking about Elder Scrolls, so I thought it made sense too. Yeah, I I, I agree. Unless you want to talk um, about, I will say this man fancy handwork. I think hmm. it was most prominently displayed towards the beginning of the video. He would just do these little flourishes with his hand. Like he was putting on a little show, <laughs> putting on a hand show. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I guess we don't have that much more to say. But yeah, he he looks at a bunch of maps. Um, maps are pretty cool. I don't know. I, I find fun to look at maps sometimes, but he does it in a ASMR way. It's got a like wooden pencil, mm-hmm. which kind of just looks like a stick, but it's got some graphite in it. And I was worried that he, he would draw uh, the maps. No, he does not. He uses the, the non-graphite end mm-hmm. as a pointer, and it has sort of a nice uh, look and f- sound to it. Could have just used um, a stick, though. That's true. He could have just used a stick. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a pretty pleasant video overall. He definitely... Um, yeah, he's he's not a lore expert as Ian talked about before, but he definitely like knows a decent amount. Um, yeah, it was like it was it was pretty good, pretty enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm as you can probably tell, trying to wrap up a little bit at this point because we've gone quite long. I've gone a little long, but you know, John, I think it's time to go into the newest segment of the show. Um, the segment of the show where we just spend thirty minutes sort of hem and hawing. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, I was, uh... Uh (laughs) Well, thank you for joining us again, listeners. Um, Please uh, do reach out to us. Uh, We'll try to, as we've demonstrated just this very episode, if you email us, we'll read your email on the air, and we'll try to respond to any questions and comments, and... If it's something we can't respond to immediately, we'll try to look into it for next week. Um, so, uh, yeah, please do leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. 
You can email us at asmrquesting at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter. We are at ASMR underscore quest. And uh, I, I left that as if I was going to say something else or sort of do an and afterwards, but that was my last thing, was the, the Twitter thing. You gotta uh, so please tingly. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, uh, join us again next week and tell your friends. And stay tingly. Tell your friends and your mother. Yeah, sure. Go for it. Thanks. <laughs>